Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I've really got a fantastic guest today. Her name is Tracy Pleshcourt. She's the founder and CEO of Self Made You, and she's actually the co-host of the Tracy and Gracie Becoming podcast. So today's conversation is going to be all about filling the disastrous gap that our formal education system creates, sustainable change, proactive initiatives, education, and I'm really happy to invite her to the show. So Tracy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And um, so I, I, like I said, I love agents of change and I love just getting the conversation out there. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done today. So tell people your story, your background and how you got started. Yeah, well, so I'm a certified life coach who kind of decided what areas I'm going to tackle based on what problems I suffered from. (laughs) And so I um, spent 20 years in the advertising industry. It was a phenomenal career and not the typical path that you see most life coaches taking. But um, that path actually led to burnout. I found myself overeating. I found myself over drinking um, because I didn't know how to handle stress. I didn't know how to handle overwhelm. Um, What that path also led to was a strong interest in mentoring other people. I found my love for mentoring people in that role. So when I kind of surveyed all of the problems that I had going, I concluded that I was the common denominator. And you now, what is it that I need to do that's more uncon? What that led me to was not looking for answers outside of myself, actually going within and utilizing myself as the solution to my problems, not thinking any longer that I was the common denominator to all my problems, that I was actually going to become the solution. And so I was using a life coach at the time who was helping me really understand my kind of thought patterns that really helping me understand that my thought patterns were leading to the way I was feeling and my Uh feelings were leading to the way I was behaving. So the overeating and the over drinking and the overspending and the procrastination was all being fueled by the way I was thinking. 
And all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, how come I'm just learning about this now? That my thoughts are ultimately responsible for my results. And it, I quickly realized, you know, I thought I was the common denominator to all my problems. And actually, it's only because I was never taught how to think in a way that created results that I actually wanted. I was taught in my formal educational system, I was taught what to think. I was then tested on my ability to remember what to think. I was never taught how to think so that I could solve my own problems, so that I could achieve the goals and some of these impossible like dreams that I had created. Nobody ever taught me how to think to get those kind of results. And so it became clear the gap that I was meant to fill, which was to create a, you know, an, a formal educational process where people learn how to think. So self-made you was birthed from that need, understanding yourself, being able to rely on yourself to solve all your problems, to achieve all of your goals. And so we created a framework from which you operate from to get the results that you're looking for. So that's what people come to us for. And the applications of our framework is absolutely unlimited. We have people coming through our doors from every sort of background, every age, um, every socioeconomic status. We have seen and heard it all. There isn't anything that we can't help you solve or achieve. Yeah. I hated high school. I loved undergrad, med school, grad school, and I hated residency. I hated the corporate world. And it's exactly your reason why it's because it's just, I think school, I think you can, you, I, can I think you can learn more on YouTube and podcasts, but school it actually kind of provides an environment for socialization. That's kind of the the value of school and, you know, if they could <clears throat> improve their curriculum, you know, upgrade it to the modern day, you know, that'd be, our kids would be that much better. And uh, so I love the work that you're doing. Uh, yeah. So kind of talk about sustainable change and you talk about two critical components. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, so first off, you have to understand what it is that you want. So in order to create lasting change, you have to first make a decision about what it is that you want and why. So I think that those are questions that we often forget to ask ourselves. Like every single day we wake up and we might know, recognize that feeling of anxiety that we wake up with, but it, it could actually be tempered if you asked yourself, what is it that I want and why do I want it? And then secondly, asking yourself like, where am I in relationship to where it is that I want to be? So learning how to ask yourself those kind of questions, learning how to make those kind of decisions is critically important. It's not complex, but it's critically important to creating sustainable change. So if you're somebody who you find yourself overeating every single day and then on top of that, beating yourself up for that kind of behavior, you need to slow down and ask yourself, like, what is it that I want? I maybe only want to 
you know, eat cookies only after dinner once or twice a week. That's a great decision. And you're going to feel a sense of self-confidence, a self sense of self-control when you actually make a decision, no matter you know, how monumental or how small that decision is, it creates a sense of self-control. And then the next step is asking yourself, like, what's going to stand in my way? What kind of obstacles am I going to come up against? Like, I might come up against the obstacle where, you know, my children love to make cookies every single day when they come home from school. So I've just made a decision to only have them a couple days a week after dinner. And yet they're sitting there on the counter, like screaming my name every single day. That might be an obstacle, right? And now you know what that obstacle is. And if you were to react to that obstacle, and often the obstacle is literally in your mind because it's a thought that creates an urge, when you have a realization, when you can recognize those thoughts and those urges, now you can avoid the self-sabotage that tends to happen. But if you don't slow down enough and recognize that process that's unfolding, you will just react. So we teach people to operate from one part of their brain that has you responding versus reacting. So you'll love this being a doctor. I talk a little bit about the neuroscience of your brain where you take that organ that exists between your ears and if you were to cut it right in half you've got the primitive part that has you you know often acting in a very reactive sort of way kind of in a knee-jerk way it has you acting very habitually it's the part of our brain that's meant to keep you alive and often when we react from dramatic thoughts that that part of our brain creates it doesn't end well. <laughs> so we teach you how to operate from your prefrontal cortex or what I like to call your prodigy brain. It's the more extraordinary part of your brain. And it has the ability to respond instead of react. It has the ability to pause. It has the ability to tap into inherent strengths that are only afforded to you through your prodigy brain, like empathy and discovery and innovation. So it's the difference between understanding, you know, how it is that you are reacting right now, what it is that you want, and how to tap into that prodigy brain where you have access to empathy, discovery, and innovation so that you can like perpetuate and and further in a in a more of a faster way towards what it is that you really want. Yeah. I love that. And um you will, you know, we're, we'll talk about mental fitness in a little bit later, but um, what's very interesting is um, these components of like diet, sleep, um, you know, recently I've been working with different um, to like improve focus or memory, concentration, mood, you know, all these different habits that you can do to make your optimal performance, your brain. So um, one thing is uh, you talk about, the uh, responding versus reacting. And in this day and age when we're just kind of like, um, we're uh, kind of dopamine monkeys, how do you create self-control fast? Yeah, so it's, 
you have to think of self-control more as a feeling and less of an action. Like I know that so many people will say, oh, when it comes to chocolate, I have no self-control, kind of implying that they're very grabby, right? It's, it's kind of this like urge that they are reacting to. And I want you to think of self-control more as a feeling, like a feeling of almost self-reliance. And so you now know that you always have a choice. When you rely on yourself, you always have a choice. It's the difference between thinking life is happening to you versus life is happening for you, right? You always have a choice. And so understanding that, you know, being reactive comes from the part of your brain that has you operating on like autopilot and operating from the intentional part of your brain, the prodigy part of your brain actually takes intention. So you have to be actually mindful of where it is that you're at at any given time and where it is that you want to be so that you have this ability to switch between the unintentional and the intentional part of your brain. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just basically the pause, you know, it could be a breath, it could be a timeout, you know, something that'll distance yourself from the in the moment emotions, you know, that may cause you to do something rash or, you know, something stupid or so once people understand that you have this idea of self control operating system and you have the and how can it be used professionally? Yeah. So this is our framework that I, I mentioned earlier that has unlimited applications. So you can, of course, apply it to your professional life, big picture, but you could also laser focus into some of the smaller nuances of your professional life. So the framework is S-E-L-F. It's always relying on yourself, better understanding yourself, thinking of yourself as the solution. And these are ways that you tap into those inherent strengths. So the S is start with a decision. Where is it right now that you um, are at? And where is it that you want to be? So from a professional standpoint, maybe you're looking to kind of, um, you know, land that next promotion. So you know very clearly where you want to be and where you're at right now. And you can also ask yourself, like, how do I feel about that? Am I feeling defeated? Am I feeling like this is an uphill battle? Do I feel like this is going to be easy? Like understanding how you're feeling about that. So you start with the decision. Then you go to eliminating the self-sabotage. Now, there are 10 very primary saboteur narratives that most of us listen to. The most universal is the judge, where we're judging ourselves very harshly. Like, you've never been able to climb the corporate ladder before. You're not going to be able to do it this time. Or, um, or maybe you're judging other people. Like, my boss gives all of the promotions to Joe, and I never get a chance at him. Or maybe you're mm -hmm. judging circumstances like, you know, I've never been afforded the skills to have this kind of, you know, level at work. So the judge is, is very um, front and center of most of our lives. And knowing that, knowing what that narrative sounds like gives you the upper hand. You can be on the lookout for it. You can understand how things unfold when you're listening and you're reacting to it. That's how you start to eliminate the self-sabotage that happens. Because when you listen to that narrative that says, you know, I'm not qualified, and so I might as well not even try, 
guess what you do? You feel defeated and you quit. It's obvious that that was a self-sabotaging pattern. But if you mm. if you're recognizing it, if you're looking out for it, you can start to question it. So the S is starting with a decision. The E is eliminating that self-sabotaging pattern. The L is leveraging those prodigy brain strengths like empathy and discovery. You can actually question those saboteur narratives like you're not good enough or you've never been able to achieve you know, the next level in the past. Like question it. Is that even true? What about that is true? What about that isn't true? Questioning it usually reveals how dramatic those statements are, how quickly we believe them as the truth, and how easily we self-sabotage ourselves. You kind of, you look for the facts, you separate the facts from the story. You can only do that when you're leveraging your prodigy brain strengths. So there's five strengths that we teach you how to tap into. Um, and then the fourth and final step is finish with the decision. So you finish with a decision of what is the next concrete step I can take, not what's the whole path. It's just what's the next step so that you start to play in the sandbox of incremental pounded progress, which never sabotages us. So this S-E-L-F, maybe that final decision is just to go talk to our boss and clarify what are the expectations instead of, you know, sitting back, listening to those saboteur narratives that say, you know, he, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want to give it to me in the first place. And you go and throw on the towel. What's just the next concrete laser focused step that you can take with confidence. I like to say, what's the next step that you can take? That's actually hard not to do. Make it so simple that it's hard not to do because those are the compounded incremental steps that are going to get you to where it is that you want to be way faster. So S-E-L-F, start with a decision, eliminate the self-sabotage, leverage the strengths, finish with a decision. Applicable to your personal life, to your professional life, and absolutely anything in between. We like to, we like to apply it to relationships, healing relationships. We apply it to health and wellness. Um, you name it and it can be applied. It's very cyclical. Every step you take, you rely on yourself. It, it, it produces, it yields a better understanding of yourself. Yeah. I I really love that. And now, you know, one thing that stood out to me was this insight where it's like, if once you in this position where you're ready to throw in the towel, you use this self method and you kind of, what is that next decision that's that you can take action get leverage and gain momentum, which mm -hmm. is really interesting. Um, so which, which actually brings us to the um, next question is, uh, you know, and I love this idea that you're describing Byron Katie as kind of question all of your beliefs. Like, is this true? Why is this true? You know, where's the facts? You know, is this kind of a story? You know, really question that. Um, and then, so, you know, once the, they use this self control, operating system and <clears throat> now they can create a roadmap. So how can people create a roadmap to monetize their purpose? Yeah. Well, so first off it's deciding, decide yeah. what your purpose is. Like, what is it that really fills you up? Like, what is it that gets you up in the morning? Like you have to make that decision. And I, it's so interesting how many people we have coming into the program who tell me, 
I don't know what my purpose is and, or I don't know what I want. And I help them navigate that by looking at what is it that you don't want? We can quickly conclude what is it that we want if we look at kind of all of our experiences that we've been sorting and sifting through and identifying what it is that we don't want. That makes it very easy to start that roadmap. And then again, the roadmap is always incremental steps. Like we want to, and then we want to keep assessing, you know, how far we've come, um, what worked, what didn't work, and what can I do different to be able to take the next step. The what can I do different informs that next step. So the roadmap is a little less of a clear picture and the roadmap it becomes more of like a confidence, like a hand tool that creates confidence when you know that you don't have to know how this completely unfolds. You're not supposed to know how this completely unfolds, but when you have a sense of self-reliance and you have the methodology to work from, it starts to reveal itself quite clearly. And that roadmap is just, again, it's that next best step that you are making decisions, you're liking your reasons, and you're assessing along the way what worked, what didn't work, and what am I going to do different with the next step? So that's how the roadmap is formed, but it's often a roadmap that you actually see in retrospect and you build like um, in real time with confidence. Mm, I love that. I love this idea where you're actually seeing things as they unfold, kind of breaking it down, small chunking it, which is really powerful because, um, you know, once they have a roadmap, but uh, as always, there's, there's potholes, there's detours. And so what are some of the most common obstacles to achieving your goals? Well, it's always this self-sabotaging narratives. So like I said, the judge is probably the most insidious and the most universal. Um, but I would say second to that is the hyperachiever narrative that really says, like, if you can't do it perfect, um, it's probably not worth doing. You know, it's that narrative has you dependent on constant performance and achievement for self-respect and self-validation. And you're really focused on like the external validation or the acceptance of others. That's one of the biggest obstacles. I would also say people pleasing is another huge obstacle where you're indirectly trying to gain the acceptance and affection um, by helping or pleasing or rescuing or flattering other people. And then you end up feeling a ton of resentment from that. So the obstacles in my point of view tend to be up here in your mind. It's these narratives that you don't even realize you're listening to. And so we really spend time shining a light, getting you familiar with those narratives. And we actually have a, an assessment, a totally free assessment that will shine a light on which narratives you are living your life from so that you can be on the lookout for those narratives. Um, there's 10 of them. Like I said, the judge is probably the most universal, but uh, avoider, you know, if you're somebody that you know, you tend to avoid shy away from things that are hard. That's another big one that uh, a lot of my clients can, you know, um, relate to. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting because among physicians, you know, because we are, you know, we suffer a lot from uh, people pleasing and kind of uh, trying to conform to status, play status games, you know, conform to society, manipulated a lot by guilt and shame. And what you're describing is um, a lot of it is uh, just boundaries, like and creating like energy boundaries, not letting people manipulate you or, you know, use you or take advantage of you saying no, um, you know, and kind of controlling the self-talk. Yeah, really interesting. So one thing is, this is this is kind of how I want to end on this question is why is mental fitness more important than physical fitness? And how can people contact you reach out to you, check out your work, etc? Yeah, I think mental fitness or mental health should be front and center should be the objective of our life, because it leads to a much more abundant life, it has you more in the state of loving unconditionally. And that starts with yourself versus, you know, fear and um, all of the unwanted feelings that, you know, stem from fear. So mental fitness has you practicing. It's almost like lifting a weight in a gym, not unlike physical fitness, you know, it takes reps. And so staying aware of how it is that you're feeling at any given moment, we work off of a daily planner where we make decisions ahead of time about how we want to feel and therefore what we would have to be believing to feel that way at any given hour of the day. But you can also look at it retrospectively or you can go right into the now, you know, how am I feeling right now and really connect to that. That is a form of lifting a weight in the gym. That is strengthening your mental fitness because you're staying intentional. You're staying aware. You're not just living in autopilot, right? So um, mental fitness uh, then of course results in everything that you want and keeps you living in a place of, you know, taking responsibility for all of your results. So um, it's critically important in every aspect of your life. And we teach people how to stay intentional. And we start with the application of their day. (laughs) We know that insight to anything, you know, is only 20%. You, everything that I've just told you, is super valuable. But if you don't apply it, if you don't practice it, you are not going to create the sustainable change that you're looking for because sustainable, long lasting change comes from application. And so we are on podcasts all day long, sharing this message of relying on yourself, how to create self-control, utilizing these four steps. But we also invite you to our free coaching Friday sessions, to our master classes. These are all free and it gives you an opportunity to apply the tool. Or if you're somebody who has been applying it to come and really bounce your results off of a coach who can help you refine it. So um, you can find all of our offerings at wwself made M-A-D-E, and then the letter U. We will have a calendar there for all of the free coaching Fridays and the master classes on October 27th. We have a master class on how to plan your perfect day. And it keeps you in the driver's seat, being intentional about what it is that you want to create for yourself hour by hour so that you create a day that is 
more than satisfying, that is enjoyable. And then that compounds into weeks, into years, into a lifetime of you know decisions about how you want to live. So becoming self-made is an incremental process. And we teach you how to start with looking at the day, breaking it down into the hours, deciding ahead of time how you want to feel. So we invite you to come to that masterclass on October 27th. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I love this. Uh, what you're describing is, um, you know, the process, especially all these mental techniques, the Olympic athletes, the professional athletes, all the top CEOs, executives, they use what you're describing. And um, for all the audience out there, let's thank um, Tracy for coming on and describing how self-made you is filling the disastrous gap that our formal education system creates for our students, teaching them how to think for themselves, apply their concepts and knowledge, be intentional, and be sure to check out her your masterclass as well. That Those links will be in the show notes. And um, he's on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, as well as her website. These will all be in the sh- links in the show notes. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I hope you motivational piece again if you wherever you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week